Okay, so welcome everybody to another episode of Subcast. We're live again. Uh, today we are half an hour earlier because we needed to to make a proper time for our special guest to be able to go to class later. <laughs> and as every week, uh, I have my usual suspect and co-host, Nymph. How are you doing, Nymph? I'm fine. How are you? Fine, also. And the special guest today is a really big name in the Sook scene. Uh, she is Sophie from Prague. Hello, Sophie. How are you doing? Hi, everyone. I'm good. How are you? Fine, also. Uh, Sophie, uh, do you know that we had a previous episode about uh, Prague? And we talked a little bit about the scene, and we had Brandon as a guest on the episode. So we wanted to, to, as we said on the on the title of the episode, we wanted to talk with the ground-ups, like the people that started the Sook scene in Prague, and what's their take and their opinion on this uh, matter. So first of all, I want to know a little bit about the the history of uh, Sook in Prague, like how how did it begin? How because I know that you were involved in the initial moments of Soup. So mm -hmm. how was how was the, the beginning and the birth of Soup in, in Prague? So the beginning of Zook was not in Brazil. It was in Cuba, actually. Uh, while I was studying in Cuba and saw all the Cubans wiggling their booties. And uh, in a way that um, I fell in love with the... Um, with the authentic way of dancing, it was not about the moves. It was, uh, I'm sorry, it was not about the steps. It was not about the variations. It was the moment, the feeling, the connection to the other person, uh, living the moment, living the song that was playing at the moment. And when I saw so many talented people, and those were regular people that you would not think that they're dancers or anything. They were just people that were living day by day, listening to the salsa or uh, what uh, reggaeton back then was not uh, that popular as it is now. And I thought, wow, this is just, this is else. Uh, it would be so cool if Czechs um, got the possibility to learn this, because to me, this is dance. So this is where the idea of um, uh, opening a dance studio uh, was born. Later, um, my dream after Cuba was Brazil, and I didn't even know Zouk existed. I went there for the samba, for the song, for the for the beaches, for carnival. I didn't know Zouk existed. So when I uh, met Zouk towards the end of my stay there, it was like, wow, this is so cool. It was. It looked. It. It was more Lamba Zouk, Zouk uh, that we see today, that we dance today, yeah. had, had uh, less to do with the Zouk that was danced like 10, 15 years ago. We all know that. So... Um, so we're, we're talking about what, what year, more or less, when you were in Brazil? This was 2004. This was 2004. When I was, that was, I lived in Brazil 2003, 2004. 
Um, and so um, I spent over a year or about a year in, in Brazil looking for people, uh, qualified people that I could take back home or that I could get together with to, pro uh, to spread uh, the authentic types of dance because I thought that is really cool because when I went back to Prague after Cuba I was like this is really sad a Czech person teaches some step variations that he learned or she learned from another Czech person who learned it from another Czech person who learned it from some instructional video and I'm like to me after having spent a year in Cuba I was like that's not dance so I wanted to um, my idea was like if if it made me feel that way I want to help other people feel that way so uh, in Brazil that was not as easy as that as I because either the person was a great dancer but he was not a good teacher or he was a good teacher but he would not be a good performer or he was a good performer he was uh, a person that I could not trust they're different I'm sorry there are different abilities, like to teach, to perform, and to be a good dancer. There are different uh, aspects that um, not everybody can be good at everything. Sure. Like, if you're a good performer, it doesn't mean that you're a good teacher and yeah, vice versa. Yeah. yeah, so, uh, or if it was a good teacher, the body was uh, totally unpresentable to be, uh, to talk about discrimination. I was just looking for uh, if if I was to invest in someone in that way, um, I wanted to uh, start as favorably as I could, obviously. Okay. So uh, that's when I met uh, Carlos, my future husband back then and partner, um, and who was um, a friend of my friend and then my neighbor, and back then in 2003, four, I'm sorry, four, he was skinny, I was uh, thicker, um, and I thought we had nothing to do together. We started hanging out together, we started dating, and I didn't see him as a person, even though I saw his teaching abilities um, and performing abilities, I was like, we don't fit together. Uh, physically or s the style whatever and I told him that he didn't like that and I said uh, I'll show you that I can adjust or what so uh, that I can uh, perform and perform with you or uh, uh, he showed me another side that I didn't see until then so uh, he showed ambition he showed um, uh, potential to be a hard-working person that uh, doesn't lose focus mm -hmm. and uh, when I proposed okay well come to Prague with me after a third offer I was like this is the third time if I if he says no again then I'll take it as no like definite no <laughs> and he said yes so I went back to Prague and of course um, I had in Prague, I was known for salsa. Uh, so we, we went through salsa, of course, and it was a good time because uh, around that time, the salseros were getting tired of the same old thing. They wanted some simulation. 
and we uh, also we worked with salsa of course but then we started introducing introducing samba de gafieira um, bolero forró and other types of um, other types of Brazilian dances and in Brazil they do like a, a three combina um, combination which is called uh, dança de salão, ballroom dances, not the competitive version, but uh, their ballroom dances that they go out and they dance in bars and in, in uh, dance places. And that's bolero, solchinho, solchinho is kind of like a uh, um, like a jive, um, and it comes from foxtrot. Uh, from I'm sorry, not from foxtrot. Um, it's kind of like a jive uh, from ballroom jive. And uh, so Borreo, Samba de Gafieira, and I said, you know what, let's switch the three, uh, the three combination. Let's take out uh, Solchinho because it looks too much like Jive, which is a dance that people learn here when they're adolescent. Uh, it's, it's, it's very similar, so they might not, it might not be as interesting. Let's put uh, Zook. No, 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 Carlos, I know the scene. I know the people. Those are like tired salseros and Zook after, if I simplify it to the uh, uh, highest degree, uh, after all, it's one, two, three, one, two, three, just like salsa, one, two, three, one, two, three. The, it's, it's a similar principle. Um, uh, it's like no 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 yes 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 no no yeah yeah yeah. Uh, so I convinced him to uh, to the three com uh, the three combination the, the combination of the three dances would be samba de gafieira, zouk, and bolero. Uh, we went like that um, for several months, maybe a few years, and people really were getting interested in zouk. But what happened? They were interested in Zouk, which was easier than Samba de Gafiera mm -hmm. and more fun than Bolero. So they would invest into learning Zouk, but they didn't lose time doing Samba de Gafiera and Bolero. So in 2008, it was still kind of slow. In 2008, uh, I don't know whose idea it was, uh, but we did like a national, uh, na national level. Uh, weekend, we didn't call, we call it a festival, but uh, the name was uh, Go Go Zook. If I translate, if I translate it, um, it would be like um, Let's go for Zook or Yes Zook, something like that. Okay. Uh, um, that we had uh, Brazilian instructors that were teaching in our studio, uh, so it was on national level. And we offered Zook classes, Samba Gigafeira classes, and everything. It was very cheap for our students. They had discount and everything. It was just to kind of, here it is. This is our last chance to kind of give Zook a chance. And it was October 2008. I was um, uh, pregnant, okay. almost <laughs> giving birth to my little son. And it was a huge success, and I would call that festival that weekend like a like a mark in Zouk history. That that was like a important milestone because that's when we finally gave up 
and said, okay, let's just open Zoom classes. And from then on, it was just, it just boomed. So actually, I it was your insistence that brought Zoom into print because he was not into the teaching Zoom, but you convinced him that Zoom was needed, and that's why people got into Zoom in print. Uh, well, he liked Zook too, but it was it's fun when people say when uh, when Carlos uh, is perceived as big Zuquero because he was a big sambista, he was a samba dancer, and uh, our first uh, maybe he was like you know like um, the teachers in school that teach you English they're like three lessons ahead of you, so he might have been three lessons ahead of me. Uh, something like that. I'm exaggerating, but um, we basically started together. Our first private lesson was with Andre Negrão, who I have host, um, who I am host hosting in Prague now at my studio. And uh, that's how we studied, we rehearsed, we trained, and we learned together. So he turned into a, a, a big zucchero, and it's it's funny because to convince him in the beginning to even like, come on, believe in Zook, like people will like it, they will, they will, they will, so. It's funny how small the Zook world is because Andre Negrao is also the teacher of Luciano, the guy that you're working right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really good friends and then Luciano ended up teaching in his studio as well. So um, that's probably how I got to work with Andre through Luciano. Um, because now, after so many years in this world, um, I don't only look at uh, how well you wiggle or how well you teach your class, but also what kind of person you are. And uh, after working with so many Brazilians, um, I know that um, working with dancers, it's not only about the dance, that the actual dance is you know, maybe one-third or quarter of the whole uh, potential of good collaboration. So it's also being responsible, it's also being hardworking, just being humble enough. So there are more aspects to uh, a successful dancer, Brazilian dancer in Europe, outside of Brazil. So. Um, I skipped the whole part of the studio 2006 we opened um, that was my big dream that was like since Cuba where I studied in 2000 it was my big dream to have my own dance studio and since I got together with it became uh, Brazilian dances or Latino dances became the main focus I didn't really care about what kind of dances it would be but I just wanted I had that very that I wanted to have a dance studio and um, so it ended up being a Latino dance studio. And um, with time, Delta died out and we focused on Brazilian dances. In 2006, we opened a first Brazilian dance focused studio in the Czech Republic. So I'm proud of that. I mean, it doesn't mean that much, but it was it, after that, people, I think it was. It was like peering the idea, like let's get out of the clubs where the classes you don't have where you don't have a place to change. Um, it has to be late at night, uh, so it became more of a you know like uh, it became 
a regular thing. Uh, um, how would I call it? Um, ever, ever since uh, people started opening their own studios, offering regular classes, and the level went up by, just by the possibilities, the more opportunities to uh, take part in different regular classes. So let's so go back. Let's go back. back. Or let's or come, back, come back from the past to, to the present. How is now the scene uh, with all these different studios that were open and talking about what Brandon said that the scene is like walking in different groups? How is now the scene in Prague? Well, that's very unfortunate, but uh, he is right about uh, uh, when he says that the scene is broken. Um, uh, how I see it, I might not be a very uh, a, a totally objective person because I was at the very birth and I see it from a different perspective. I know every all the people that teach now or all the people that have anything to do with um, influencing the Zooks, I know them when they were learning their first steps because in the beginning everyone had to go through our own, through our studio. And of course, it was very hard for me to, I mean, personally, because the dance studio, the bringing the, the Brazilian dance scene into the Czech Republic, it was very personal. It was not just a business. Of course, um, it, 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 uh, we could earn money out doing it. But to me, it was, uh, uh, that was like a great passion. That was something that I felt like I can't do job. I couldn't work. Um, if I didn't believe in it, didn't like it, not like it, if I didn't feel, if I didn't feel passionate about it. So of course, when after a few months, that happens everywhere, it's not hard. After a few months, people um, drop out and they open their own courses. Some people tape, uh, would tape separately uh, during festivals or classes and then they would teach the same variations. It was like, what are you doing? Yeah. So yeah. I take that very easily because I didn't see it as a business. Carlos would always tell me like, of course everyone's going to go uh, in a selfishly after their own goals. So they're going to do what's best for them, not best for you. But to me, um, uh, I didn't have to be the, the only teacher, but I was just sad about people that did not get yet to the qualified level to and that they were actually doing more harm. You know what I mean? Uh, Carlos was uh, arguing like, just just let them do it because they will help spread the, uh, the, the dances, which to a certain degree was true because there were, there was, there were audiences that we could not reach. Um, so the people that um, wanted to teach as well, they reached different kind of audiences. At the end, in, it did um, uh, amplify the, the, the scene and the interest for that. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. um, I think that was that Brandon and I talked about that, well, but how do you go about okay, this person spreads the zook, but what kind of zook does he or she spread? 
Yeah, there's always, yeah, there's always the, the distinction between distinction quality, quality and spread. And what do you do about it? So uh, Brendan and Carlos had an intention to, they had ambition to go to classes of such people uh, and to intimidate them to like, okay, well, maybe you are better than I think, so let me steer. And of course, they would not like that. It created uh, huge tension. Um, also, uh, the, the division might be, some people might say that it was when Carlos and I uh, separated uh, on the work field as well, that it created uh, a big scar that it divided the scenes. Um, I personally don't think it was just that. I think it was, it started way earlier when, um, um, well, in the beginning, you know, we would bring couples from abroad. The scene was, it was much more rare to get couples from abroad. It was not so common to travel to Congresses, there are not so many Congresses. I mean, uh, the Barcelona Congress by Daniel and Ticia, uh, when they started, it was probably like, wasn't it the first one? Yeah, like, they started yeah, like, like nine, ten years ago. So that's around the time that we were starting. So it was not like, oh, you know, I don't need to learn in regular courses. Let me go to festivals. People would not go. So uh, we did most of the work. We did the, the 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 fundamentals we did the the we we were creating the the basics the fundamentals in people and so the the comps started to grow uh, more and more people were um, organizing events more and more people uh, would come to Europe and share their share things with the European scene and now when you look about when you look uh, around there's at least five couples touring Europe just because they, I think that they think that it's easy to earn money teaching Zouk here in Europe. They just come here and, and they offer themselves often for expenses, which again, it has two sides. One side is that uh, you see different things, you get exposed to different things, but on the other hand, it just it it it, um, it uh, handicaps the the work the local teachers that are trying to work slowly and um, to implement the fundamentals in you and uh, people start going to regular classes because they're more boring or whatever because they want it they want to speed up the process and they go to weekend workshops yeah. um, to festival um, yes okay, just a question. Um, um, how do you how do you present present like a curious situation? Like a curious situation. Um, uh, do you have any advice to uh, prevent this happening or in the future? Okay, so um, what I think with uh, you mean touring uh, touring artists? Uh, yeah, artists or, or organizers, teachers also. I would I would talk to the orders, I would talk to the people that actually invite uh, teachers like that. Mm -hmm. 
and to think twice about to research what kind of couple that is. Mm -hmm. Is the class uh, a good class? Do they have good information uh, to pass on? Or is it just a couple that's going to come and pass on a few, uh, few steps, few variations? Uh, it's much easier to come from Brazil and uh, during a weekend workshop uh, teach you how to do a complicated or like really intensive variation. But the important part of the work, the, the, the technique, the fundamentals, the idea, the, print, the, the, the main ideas of Zouk, it's not so interesting, right? It's more important, but it's not so interesting. So uh, uh, maybe to educate uh, the organizers should have more, they should think about it more, like whom they invite. Because if all these couples see that get work that easily, they'll stop coming eventually. Uh, they keep coming because they see that uh, it's easy. They come and they stay for two, three months. Um, you know, they live at other people's places. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? So, and as for Cindivision, I've been, I've talked to several people about that. And in Holland, they told me, yeah, it happened here too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not, it, I think that the, the, the more exposure the Czech people got, um, uh, it kind of got it kind of got frustrated. Oh, back then when we brought uh, Daniel Leticia, uh, Leo and uh, we were still working together. We had Alex Jukahvalu and Daniela, and people were so excited to to learn from them. Also, those were good couples. They had information to pass. It was not just like, oh, let me show you like this really cool variation. Those were couples that had things to offer and to pass on. And people were eager to learn with them. And mm -hmm. we stimulated uh, that interaction. Of course, Giulio um, uh, uh, was there also in the beginning. Carlo and Larissa that were making a huge effort to be able to uh, come to you from Australia and share their passion as well. So um, now it's so easy to travel to all over the world to Zuko congresses. It's so easy. There's so many teachers touring and even locals that um, say that the scene is saturated and it's harder. It becomes so competitive that you're like, well, I can't teach. Like slowly and like trying to, with my methodology, um, because people just people want it faster. People want to dance today, so um, that 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 would be uh, addressing uh, that issue. And going back to division in Czech scene, I think that there's not much interest to work together because everyone wants that little piece of fame, I think. Uh, talking um, about fame, talking about fame, because uh, I wanted, before the episode ends and we're running out of time, we were talking before, uh, when we were preparing the episode with you, uh, about ladies in Zouk. 
and why the fame is always going to the guy. Like, um, for example, I knew that you have a big part in in making the Sook scene in Prague, but most of the fame, most of the name went to Carlos. Why it's that so? Because uh, I've been there in Prague even from the first Congress, and I realized that the, the soul behind the whole thing was you. But people don't realize of that, and people always uh, give the fame to the guy in the couple. Why do you think is that? Why did you think that I was behind all that? Why do I think? First, because I witnessed some of your work, like being there in the Congress, and also because you have a strong personality. Uh, you also remind me of my teacher, Leticia. Then she is also a strong woman in the couple. Uh, in this, in this part of the 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 Suk scene, uh, you you and Leticia are very alike. Like uh, you have you are strong personalities, and and you get noticed when you are around. So that's why I know that you you were like a big important person in the in the Suk scene. But why the whole scene is always giving the fame to the guy in all the couples, not only in organizers, but almost every famous couple, the guy is the one that gets the fame, the guy is the one teaching in the class, and the girl is following, and why, why is that so? I don't know how, it is, how it's in other dances, but in the Britain, uh, dances, I think it, it's a cultural thing. The, uh, the guy is the the guy, the macho, he's the man. And I think it's a big pity because uh, the class is uh, is lacking the female point of, of the which is very important as well. After all, you watch the women way more than you watch the men when you see a couple dancing. Yeah. So when it comes to classes, I think it comes from there. I'm not Brazilian, I'm not, and I'm not very submissive. Just because I'm a woman and you're a man, I'm not going to shut up. I'm going to shut up if I, if I need to shut up because I have nothing to say or whatever. But um, even in the studio, Carlos and I would get into arguments because he would tell me, you talk too much. And I'm like, well... I have information to give, you know, you don't do that, and there are things that I have to tell them because I have a female perspective and you have a male perspective, uh, and I, I have female L and male because I can lead as well, so um, I think that it's, it's due to my personality that I'm not as submissive as, I don't want to generalize that Brazilian women are submissive. But it's it's the it's the way it's done, and so even though they might have the information, it's just a guy's role to teach the class, and they might just yes, ladies, it's like that, or yeah, you need to do it like that. But the main responsibility goes to the guy. I think it's changing when the women uh, have stronger voices; they do step in more, uh, but very slowly. As Leticia and and I are not uh, Brazilian, we are European uh, strong women, um, it, might be, it might be easier for us 
to speak louder. And um, I think we also both have passion for the uh, for the dance. And it's not just us wanting to earn a few euros doing the class. We are about the or if I speak for myself, I got into this whole thing for the love of the dance. I wanted to spread it. So if I had another income, I would probably do it for free anyway. So and as for and as for Carlos, um, we're pretty equal partners um, until I got pregnant. So then he said, I'm not touching you anymore. And I'm like, what do you mean? Finally, things started to like, um, uh, you know, we started to travel abroad. And the first international trip uh, uh, we got offered when I was three months pregnant. So I missed that part. And of course, he started to meet other Brazilians, other people that were involved in the dance, in the Zouk scene. And... Uh, so he would make the contacts, uh, but all the like the the, the production was yeah. left to me. And to me, we were a team. So he was better with the smiles, with the with the uh, talking out loud, and I was the the better. Um, not that I couldn't do it, but to me, uh, um, the the other part was left. Um, the planning, the the marketing, the organization. So I took really hard, to be honest, that the Prague Zook Congress is credited totally to Carlos because it's part of that was like a last drop when it comes to our marriage uh, or separation of our marriage. That was the last drop, and it was like that freaking Congress um, didn't help didn't help at all. Um, to me, I did most of the work, of course, because it was all the hotels, air flights, um, planning, uh, just the whole logistic. Um, but of course, no one sees that. No one sees that. Yeah. Now I'm old and uh, I'm happy. Now, 10 years later, um, I think that my goal was to spread the zook, right? Yeah. And I yeah. think that I made that happen. And now a lot of people don't even know who was in the beginning, who did that, why was that, and you know, that's life. I am happy with the fact that it actually, that I was in the beginning of it, that I was able to uh, to live those ten years learning, spreading, um, now the scene is not at its best. I think it's, it needs some cure, it needs some healing, um, but, um, um, but I'm happy it's there, people know it, and now people travel for Zouk and they can see the whole world and everything. But you know what, Sophie, yeah. um, now this is recorded. And we have like uh, 200, 300 people uh, watching. So if they didn't know, now they know that you were involved in that. And also, uh, since we are out of time, and you have to go to teach class also, 
let me thank you very much for being here because for me, you are one of the most uh, respected people in Suxin, at least for me. And you are one of the dancers that I enjoy. I always remember one particular dance with you in Joret in, in the Congress here. Like uh, I was doing some stupid things and you were always smiling to me. Like I, I, I remember I put you against the wall like uh, I was doing some crazy stuff. I don't know if you remember that. And it was so fun to, to dance with you. Even you are a strong woman, and you were leading me in the dance also. Uh, but for me, it's a real honor and a pleasure to come uh, you as a friend and to have you here in our little project. So thank you very much, Sophie. Thank you for inviting me and giving me the opportunity to speak out and, and share uh, uh, my 10 years in power with the world. Thank you so much. You're very welcome and I hope uh, we can have uh, you some other time. And um, also thanks uh, to Niv. He's been really quiet today because he's in charge of the chat and he's uh, always reading the chat. So guys, if you have any question and you can see live the show, you can always write in the chat and we will try to, to give your question to the guest. So thank you, Nim, also for being here. Yes, thank you. See you next week. Okay. And next week we have a, another special guest, Val Clemente from Brazil. He will be here talking about what it takes to be a good teacher, something that we touch lightly today with, with Sophie, but we will go deeper into the subject next week. And that's all for tonight. Uh, I hope you enjoyed, and I hope to see you also next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.